Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers detroit lions fans maybe fans of the nfl shield all of you in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 100 of the talking the line podcast baby we have hit the century mark and as always it is because of you and thank you So much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 11th, 2021. Now, we have quite the show cooked up in many different facets, angles, areas, if you will, today. On top of the Detroit Lions season preview. Before we get into all of that, as always, once again, please take a few moments to... Smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. If you are watching on YouTube, might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional TTL content dropping. But if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that button there as well if you haven't already because we do release the audio after every live show is complete. Next item up on the docket, you could find it in your heart to be so kind. You got a couple extra seconds. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Jump in the live chat. If you are watching live, you actually might want to in particular today for one specific reason. But we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume it however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, everyone in between, joining us on today's show. The Century Mark, episode number 100. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka, and it is my pleasure to get things going here today. I can't believe we've already bulldozed over 100 episodes. It seems like yesterday that we first dropped the Talk in the Line newsletter. We didn't even have a podcast yet, and uh, here we are, and I keep saying we. Let me bring in 
the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself that sits with me on every single show right to my left and who I would not be able to be here at the 100th episode without. So without further ado, that man, that myth, and that degenerate gambling legend, Mr. Riley R. Mags Magnuson. Barter. How you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am uh, I'm truly great. I am very excited to dive into the 100th episode here of the Detroit Lions. This might be the one time, though, that I might say that I uh, am worry-free on this show. And, uh, you know, if you've been following along yesterday or on our Twitter, you may know why. But, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. But, uh, you know, there's uh, you know, we, we've got some, something, something we got to tackle here today. Oh, boy, oh, boy, do we ever. And, partner, I'm getting a little bit nervous. I yeah. cannot lie to you. Uh, usually my poker face is pretty damn good, but here today, <laughs> it ain't going to be worth a damn. Now, before we get into what we're talking about there, if you're not aware, if you didn't see it on our social media, let's uh, talk about just a few quick things we need to remind you about yeah. before we get into all of the nonsense. As always, not dishing out any picks on the Daily Sports Gambling Podcast. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we're in the NFL Special Edition, so... If you want all of our best bets, we're still dishing them out. We don't stop. We're still betting analysts at the end of the day. So you can get them on the Action Network app. I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is in at RMAGS, all caps. I was saying in all caps, at RMAGS. <laughs> and then you can follow the uh, Talking the Line best bets at Talking the Line. You can also get all of our best bets and actually bet them directly from our landing pages on the TalkingTheLine.com website. So be sure to check that out. We also have loads of other content and stuff for you to uh, peep about, mosey about on the uh, old website there. So make sure you stop by it if you haven't yet. But outside of that... Told you about the link tree. Told you about all the stuff. Let me quit dodging. Let me quit ducking. We got to get into some stuff here today. You know, one thing I didn't think about as we became live is we might need some uh, some napkins. I was just thinking that, my friend. a little bit of paper towels. I was the, just thinking that. So if you could be so kind as to uh, kick things off here okay. as to uh, what, what this exact challenge we are going to be doing here today. Okay. Uh, just tee it off. I'll scoot right on in. I'll give a nice shout out to our providers for the challenge. Everything on in between. I'll grab us some uh, napkins and the, Go for it. the uh, background of the production studios and uh, let you take over for a minute. So I will see you and you here in just a brief moment, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so before we dive into the Detroit Lions here, we've got to tackle something here or at least set the stage for what's going on. We've got our first food challenge here to tackle, and uh, you know we decided that uh, for the hundredth episode, not going to be any cake or any celebration like that. We're a morning show, so we got to go with some donuts. We've each got ourselves a dozen donuts here from the good old Spunky Dunkers, the spunkiest of the dunkiest. And my partner's got the paper towel, so I am juice for this. We've both got uh, a little bit of a different variation of donuts between the two of us. Maybe would have had a few choices back if we could have, uh, you know, seen what we were ordering in present as opposed to on the phone. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I am excited, but uh, I'm a little nervous that the rest of the day might be pretty freaking miserable for us. But, uh, you know, we'll see here, partner. It might be. But the aforementioned by my partner, Spunky Dunkers, big shout out to the Spunky, Spunky Dunkers. Spunky, baby. Uh, they are located at 20 South Northwest Highway in Palatine, Illinois. If you want you some donuts, my friend, I'm telling you, you need to go to Spunky Dunkers. Well, we see, I'm curious to see if we'll be saying the same thing in about an hour and a half or so. 
I hope so. I really hope we are. <laughs> hopefully but, this doesn't uh, ruin Spunky for me. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't either for me. But uh, without further ado, before we kick that off and then get into the full show and talk about some nonsense here and everything in between, uh, first things first. We also have a little something else to uh, yep. talk to you guys about here. We uh, can't have a century celebration without celebrating the people that got us here. Right. So that all being said, we got a little giveaway for you guys. And if you've been following along on social media or if you were live for yesterday's show, you heard about it. It's Colt's Agenda Stack Giveaway. Now it is live on set for the first time here today. And it's Stack. It's a stack. It is a stack. And with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, first time <laughs> live. Once again, the rules are as follows. I will show you the stack. I'll show you it here. I'll show you it at the end of the show. And I'll show it all the way through Friday's show. Right. The agenda stack giveaway challenge will end at the end of Friday's show. Now, the where do you put your guesses for how many sheets of paper are in my agenda stack? The only place you can put them is in the comment section of episode number 100. We'll go back through the live comments as well. Don't delete them. We'll go back through everything. So don't worry. We will make sure we check it. But then also, if you tune in the Thursday show, Friday show, go back to episode 100 in the comments section if you're not live or whatever the case might be, and then drop it down in there. So for first time live, ladies and gentlemen, my agenda stack. Now, it is a... Uh, Thick old stack there. There you go. Standard eight by ten. A little leaf through sheets a quick of paper. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. See? Yeah. Standard, yeah. standard eight by tens. You know, we'll let you we'll let you take a gander. See, there you go. There you go. From every single side. You know, it's got a little right. bit of weight, partner. It's and as you said yesterday, this is episode number one hundred, but it is not one sheet per episode. No, it is not. For so example, today not. I would believe we've got four or five. Five. We've got five today. Okay, but it's not typically five. No, it's not. Two or three is typically what it well, is. Well, don't tell them what it typically is, but it actually might typically well, be seven or eight or, or maybe five. Sometimes we've got one. Who knows what the heck it might be. Put it's pretty in inconsistent, desk. actually. I it's don't feel that really bad. Inconsistent. No median there. So there you go. One more time. My stack. Now, that all being said, three guess maximum. You doggone degenerates. I know you love to gamble. You love to guess. But three guesses. It's only us two that got to comb through all this doggone stuff on top of every other hat we're wearing right now. So please, three guesses maximum. But make your guesses for Colt's agenda stack in the comment section of episode number 100. Accompanied by, let me not forget, your Twitter handle. So we can reach out to you via DM once we select a winner after Friday's show, episode number 102. One more time. Colt's Agenda Stack giveaway. Have at it. So that will uh, that will also make an appearance at the end of the show. Hopefully I'll be uh, able to remember that. And Hopefully I'm not, you can lift it up. I'm not in some sort of <laughs> sugar coma. But with all that being said, you know, partner, it seems to me that it's time. Oh, no, I got your back. Oh, yeah, move for one. Okay. I got your okay. back. Okay. So it's uh, it appears to be that time. Uh, we'll be keeping track uh, all by ourselves and uh hey thanks juan we appreciate you too my friend thanks for stopping by thanks for hopping in the comments uh make sure you uh enter in the contest my friend but 
Oh, no more ducking and dodging. Let's give old Spunky a nice little look here. Beautiful set of Duncan. These are Spunky Duncan. I mean, these are just oh, oh, for crying out loud. You know me personally. I don't think I'm gonna have too much of an issue here, but uh, we'll see how things go. This is the thick one. I mentioned I wish I had a few back. I got six of these uh, vanilla rings that I thought were gonna be real thin. They are very thick. Cheers, my friend. To me, you, episode you, 100. episode 100, Talking the Line Sports Media, everything in between. First bite goes I'm, down. I'm already getting dripped on over here. Oh, boy. This is gonna be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to also need some water. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. We'll go in some rotating shifts here because sure. there is no way We're both I'm going to be able, able to, to fucking talk and eat a donut. It's just not going to happen. Thick, dude. We might have to go at six. I don't want to bow down, oh, but. Oh. Nah, I can't back out yet. All right. Let's get into the real reason why he came here, outside of all the celebration, all the nonsense, all the uh, 1,240, all right. All the reasons, all that stuff. So, now, holy shit. Today's team of the day, the Detroit Lions. We are here, we are live in prime time. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, this ought to be fun. So, first things first, as we always do, we uh, kick things off with the entire team breakdown. And as we kick off the entire team breakdown, I kick things off on the offensive side of the ball with some of the key losses. And as my partner's wrapping up old donut number one there, before I tag team him off, I will go ahead and uh, add right in to the offensive losses. Now, one key one that you guys definitely know about is going to be the quarterback. Matt Stafford, he also uh, was exited with Chase Daniel, another quarterback there. They also lost pretty much all of their receivers. They lost Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones, and then also Danny Amendola. They lost uh, Kirion Johnson, running back to the Eagles, and then they also lost a few linemen. Uh, they did lose Ode Obushi, left guard, and uh, then also they lost tight end Jesse James, Joe Dahl, left guard, and then also Russell Bodine, center. Now, that pretty much does it for all of the main losses there. Um, key numbers, or key names rather, that you guys really know would pull out there would be obviously Matt Stafford, would be Marvin Jones, would be uh, Kenny Galladay. Those are going to be obviously some of yeah. the offensive producers, the main offensive producers, and they're out of town, my friend. Sure so are. it's going to be kind of a question mark here as to what happens for the Detroit offense, and we got plenty to talk about there. But partner, I'm going to tag you in real quick. I'm going to get after one here, and uh, while I do so, why don't you tell everybody and me about all of the Detroit Lions offensive additions? All righty. So as my partner mentioned, plenty of names that are uh, some key losses for this Lions team. They did add a few guys that are some nice pickups, but not really filling those holes all too well. As far as free agency and trades go, they picked up Tyrell Williams. Didn't play last year, but had a little bit of success with the Chargers and Raiders over his first few years in the league. Had one year over 1,000 yards since then. Wasn't quite as productive. We'll see. He might have to shoulder the load as the number one receiver, so maybe someone has to find the ball here, and it might be him. Uh, number two running back coming in on the depth chart is going to be Jamal Williams from my Packers. Was very productive with the Packers as the number two running back. 
I like that pickup uh, for them in the backfield there. And then Darren Fells should be the number two tight end. Not a bad tight end uh, backup as well. Biggest addition as far as the offense is concerned was in the draft. They picked up Penny Sewell in the first round, number seven pick overall for their offensive line. That is a huge pickup. He could have been in a different year with less quarterbacks. He could have been a top five pick, if not top three. So that is a huge pickup for them, and he's going to be there for a long time. Two other guys out of the draft. Fourth round, Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. Receiver could be the fourth or fifth receiver for this team, maybe even third receiver. And then Jermar Jefferson out of Oregon State running back could be their number three running back. So nothing crazy here on the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, I like these additions if it were a good team picking up these additions. But didn't really fill all, uh, any of their holes all too well, partner. I don't know if you're about wrapped up with that number one yet. You're washing it down now. But, uh, you know, I, I like these additions, but I don't love them by any means here. <laughs> no, not by any means. No. And uh, that's going to be really interesting because those are sweet as all get out, too. Which one did you go with? Went with a little blueberry to kick oh, things oh, off wow. here. And, uh, man, oh, man, I already uh, I already got the sweats. I brought the towel along. So when I... Uh, <laughs> When I kick it back over to you here in just a minute, we'll uh, we'll be sure to uh, do a little pat down. I need that for sure right now. I already got the sweats. Holy shit. Uh, moving right along. Thank you for uh, telling us about the additions there, partner. Uh, before we look into the entire 2020 outlook of, uh, or into the 2021 outlook, rather, for the Detroit Lions, let's take a look back into the past real quick. Some of their key 2020 offensive stats. They averaged 5.7 yards per play offensively and they rushed the ball on 37.03 percent of their plays passed the ball on 62.97 percent of their plays completion percentage across the board was at 64.26 percent they converted on third down 41.15 percent of the time and in the red zone they converted 66.04 percent of the time so honestly not too bad on the red zone not terrible you'd like to see it up around the 50 mark there on the third down side of things but the only problem with all of those numbers is it is a completely new offense as far as personnel goes this right. season and I got some really big concerns as far as that goes. Now, before we give kind of our opinions here on the offensive side of the ball, just so you guys are aware, partner, you talked about a few of these guys, uh, some of these guys we haven't mentioned. What it looks like is going to be the uh, starting lineup. You got Pene Suell, uh, right tackle, right guard. It's going to be Hala Vitae. Obviously, I know his name's longer than Hala, but I just wanted yeah. to keep it at Hala. Uh, center, Frank Ragnow, left guard, uh, that is Jonah Jackson, and then left tackle is Taylor Decker. Then you got the wide receiving core. Honestly, not impressed with them at all, and I think they might finish as one of the bottom receiving cores in this league. They have Brashad Perryman, uh, Aman Ross St. Brown, rookie in the slot, and then Tyrell Williams on the opposite side of Perryman. None of those guys I would write home about. And, you know, I'm actually thinking that the tight end might get more receptions and potentially more yards than all three of them. Yeah. That is TJ Hawkinson coming into his third year in the league. And I think he's potentially primed for a breakout year, but we'll talk about him here in just a minute. And then you have uh, the running back room newcomer, Jamal Williams from your Packers. You talked about him. And then uh, DeAndre Swift now coming into his second season or third season, is it now? I'm not sure. I think it's at least... Three. It, it might be his third season. Either way, uh, looking as well to be a potential breakout season for Swift. And then in the quarterback room, yikes. Jared Goff backed up by uh, Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Uh, also from, my Packers. From your Packers. That is correct. You know, I'm not really sure why the Lions decided to target Jared Goff over, over everybody. Doesn't really seem a uh, whole lot of... Uh, 
a smart move to me with all the other free agent quarterbacks that were out there. Um, you know, especially with Anthony Lynn as the new offensive coordinator, I don't have a whole lot of faith in this offense. And we'll obviously talk about it from a betting perspective, from a fantasy perspective, but just overarching, I think that this offense struggles mightily this year. I think it's going to be one of the downfalls of this team. That receiving core is no good whatsoever. And then you have a mediocre quarterback personally, I believe, and Jared Goff, that the only reason why he was mediocre is because Sean McVay was in his headset for the entire game. And he's not going to have that dominant of a coach in Anthony Lynn in his ear for all 60 minutes. So that being said, you don't have a good receiving core. You don't have a good quarterback. You can't depend on running the ball all game long. I just think we see nothing but uh, bad games here for the Lions. Sorry, Lions fans. I apologize. But, partner, what are you thinking overall for these boys? Yeah, pretty close to what you're saying here. The one unit that I do like on this entire team is their offensive line. I don't love them, but they are above middle of the pack, I would say, and as well as TJ Hawkinson. He's a really good tight end. But as you mentioned, receiving core is not very good. Jared Goff, the one thing you could say is maybe he'll have a cleaner pocket, but as contrary to his previous team, Sean McVay knew how to get receivers open. This offense is not set up to have receivers open, and it's a bad receiving core. And as you mentioned, they're not going to be able to rely on the run game, even if these guys are are really good running backs and break out into their uh, new team here or not swift on a new team but break out as to what we've kind of expected him to be I just don't see it there like I said I do like to pick up for Tyrell Williams if he wasn't the number one ride receiver but he's gonna have to shoulder such a load that he just isn't built for so like you mentioned I think TJ Hawkinson could rack up some serious yards and you know maybe teams will let him uh, you know rack in some five yard catches here as opposed to some of these deep threats that they have. So, you know, as we'll obviously talk about it, but Hawkinson really is the one guy that uh, might have on paper an actual good season here. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And uh, hey, it might see Tim Boyle, though. Who knows, man? Tim Boyle, no uh, scrub. Final two bites of uh, number okay. two here. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, I would like these pickups that they made if it was for a good team. Like, if I, you know, my Packers, if they picked up some of these guys for their depth, I would like it. But they lose a lot of guys that were key players on a, te- on a team that was already a five-win team. And now you're filling them with even less skilled positions. So, on a season that's going to see a tougher schedule, as we'll talk about in a minute. So, um, you know, if you're a Lions fan and you knew who we are, I don't know if you would have expected a Packers and Bears fan to come in and talk nicely about your team. But, uh, you know, that's probably not what you're going to see here today. No, and I truly do apologize for that <laughs> fact. But, uh, hey, you know, that uh, that's one of the things that you're going to see here. Now, uh, wrapping up the offensive side of the ball with some key rankings here. Now, uh, you know we are big fans of Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, refer to them as SFA on the pod. Love Warren Sharp's work, and we use a good amount of of his uh, some of his stats and stuff that he does on the uh, show the quarterback room per SFA with uh, Jared Goff and Tim Boyle ranked 27th right now in the league they have the 11th ranked offensive line but obviously that potential to break out and uh, have a very solid season across the board I or I'm sorry that is the offensive line ranked number 11 uh, I do believe that they will be very solid in addition the running back room is ranked 22nd but with the potential to break out and get a little bit more into the middle of the pack I like Jamal Williams a lot and then I'm also a big fan of DeAndre Swift I think this is his breakout year and I think that uh, he'll be more than uh, more than fine in this offense 
Uh, the receivers, 31st ranked unit in the league. Obviously, the guys at SFA are as low on them as we are, have little faith whatsoever. And we'll talk about them all from a fantasy perspective and all of the different guys on the offense in uh, a little bit later on in the show in fourth and final segment. Yeah, I was looking uh, to see who was last ranked, and they're actually tied with the Texans. So they are tied for dead last in their rankings of receiver cores. And right. it was actually surprising to me because I'm not high in the Texans receiving core, but they at least have Brandon Cooks in there. All right. Well, I yeah, I'm not high on the Texans either. <laughs> and, right. you know, we'll talk <laughs> about them. I mean, that's that's going to be really interesting what does happen in uh, in Houston. But we're not talking about Houston today. We're talking about Detroit. And we just wrapped up the offense. Now it's time to get into the defense. So quickly, uh, before we uh, get fully into the defense and some of the outlook going into 2021 here, partner, would you be so kind as to let us know what some of the key losses defensively were for the Lions going into 2021 here? All right. Much as the case was with the offense, a lot of names off the list on defense for a defense that already wasn't very good. Christian Jones, they lose him 16 games played at linebacker. Danny Shelton uh, also played 12 games for him. Daryl Roberts, corner, played 11 games. Desmond Trufant, we talked about him the other day. He played six games at corner. Duron Harmon, safety, played six games. Jamal Agnew, 14, and defensive back. And Jared Davis, linebacker, 14 games. Justin Coleman, corner, 11 games. Miles Killebrew, le- uh, linebacker, 15 games. Reggie Raglan, Reggie Raglan, excuse me, linebacker, 16 games. Uh, they picked up Everson Griffin at one point during the season last year. He played seven games. They didn't re-sign him. And Tony McRae, another eight games at corner. So, they lost a few guys that were starters. They lost a lot of guys that were depth guys. And, you know... <laughs> Much like the case on the other side of the ball, they did not fill those holes all too well, partner. No, not at all. And uh, as far as the defensive additions go, uh, they didn't uh, add all too many players that uh, you would really care to write home about as far as I am concerned. When it comes to the defensive, defensive side of the ball, um, either via free agency or the trade market, they picked up Michael Brocker's interior defensive lineman, uh, also picked up I apologize. Uh, Alex Anzalone, linebacker, Charles Harris, edge rusher, uh, and then also Dean Marlowe, uh, safety. Now, as far as the draft, they went uh, kind of half and half as far as defensive and uh, offensive goes. Um, as far as defensive, they got Levi Unwu Zirike. I hope I'm saying that right. Defensive tackle out of Washington. Ali McNeil, defensive tackle out of the NC State. And cornerback. Ia Afifu Milofunwu, uh, cornerback out of Syracuse. Talk about some names they had. nailed it, I here. feel like. And uh, Derek Barnes, linebacker out of Purdue. Then uh, that wraps it up as far as uh, the defensive additions go. And uh, as far as I can tell, not uh, going to be the best unit in the league here overall uh, across the board. No. You know, I- I'm not. Uh, I'm not all too particularly impressed with what I'm seeing, but before we talk about all of that excuse me let me give you some key (laughs) defensive stats here from the uh detroit lions i think i might have to uh say something here in regards to these donuts here in just a minute after i give some key stats here so uh key defensive stats they allowed 6.3 opponent yards per play the uh allowed opponents to complete at a 68.76 completion percentage in the uh, on third down, they allowed their opponents to convert at 47.15% of the time. And in the red zone, they allowed opponents to score 72.31% of the time. So 
I think we see quite similar to those exact same numbers. I think this is going to be a rough year for the Lions on the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, I, I just I don't have many high hopes. But let me tell you a little bit about the lineups before I tell you about my overall outlook and kick it over to my partner as well. Uh, they have Trey Flowers, defensive end, Michael Brockers, uh, defensive tackle, and then the aforementioned Levi Onuzurike, uh, defensive tackle as well. And then uh, Romeo Aquara, I actually know him from a past life. Hell of a guy, hell of a football player, just signed a three-year deal uh, with Detroit, coming back with them. Behind those guys, Alex Anzalone, uh, coming in from New Orleans. I'm not sure we're going to see the same production that we saw from him with the Saints. Uh, they also have at the linebacker position, opposite of uh anzalone there that is collins and to make sure that i tell you the right collins that is uh, uh jamie, jamie collins, collins yeah. senior yes i wanted to make sure there and then uh, as far as the secondary goes they have quentin dunbar jeff akuda on the opposite side as far as the slot goes they have corn elder uh filling that role and then uh as far as the backfield the deep safeties go um they have harris and that is uh, off the top of my head, that is Will Harris. I do apologize. And then they also have, uh, opposite of him, Tracy Walker. So, not the best defensive lineup here in the league across the board, I don't think. I think they'll be able to generate a little bit of pressure uh, off the defensive line. Some different things uh, that'll happen there. Um, but overall, I just don't think that uh, they're going to generate a whole bunch of pressure. I think that this secondary is going to struggle mightily. Yeah. You know, I was very high on Jeff Akuda coming into the league, but I just don't think that they can depend on him as a number one corner with some of these opponent uh, wide receiver rooms that they have to face. I mean, they have to face really, really difficult yeah. opponents as far as wide receiver core goes. And man, I just I think it's too much to put on some of these uh, rookie corners, some of these, well, two, second year corner. And I think we see a sophomore slump. I I can't really say much more. I don't want to beat him too far into the ground, but I uh, overall across the board, I'm just not high on the Lions' defense here. No, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, there I think there's a couple playmakers here. Jamie Collins is a good piece for any defense, but when you're you're swamped uh, amongst all these mediocre to bad players, it's not going to look good for him. And Trey Flowers is going to do something on the defensive line, so they might, as you mentioned, they can get some pressure here and there, but. It's going to be here and there, and it's not going to look good. And those, as you mentioned, it's going to make these corners and safeties look terrible. Uh, the As you mentioned, the receiver rooms that they're going to play is no joke, and these guys are going to rack up yards upon yards. It's going to be bad, and you're going to be excited as an opposing team to come in and play in these lines no matter who you are. Yeah, I would uh, more than have to concur with you there. And then last but certainly not least for the defensive side of the ball as far as rankings go per SFA, Front seven not getting much love at all. 29th ranked unit in the league right now. Secondary on the exact same page. 28th ranked unit. And then uh, right now, um, not uh, obviously not looking too well. I was going to segue into the head coach ranking, but let me tell you about those guys here real quick. Obviously, we got uh, Dan Campbell coming in brand new year one. And then uh, Anthony Lynn coming has uh, been the head coach of the Chargers for as long as many of us can remember. And uh, now he's the offensive coordinator of Detroit and then you also have Aaron Glenn as the defensive coordinator that is a an entirely new coaching staff there sure is, is not one guy who has either worked with each other uh Glenn is coming from New Orleans Campbell is coming from um uh, he was also oh, he was so those guys worked together well. so yeah, those yeah. guys work together I yeah for some reason that uh, didn't click in my head there. but I mean and two then, different sides of the yeah, ball they work two together, different so. side of the ball so 
we'll see what happens here with this new coaching staff. I don't know exactly what to expect. I'm not uh, I'm not too high on that, but uh, I don't know. I don't know, we'll man. See. And I mean, you know, what's interesting for people that aren't as familiar with Dan Campbell, he, you know, he sounds like a guy that would be a defensive coach, but I mean, he was a tight ends coach in New Orleans. So I'm sure, I mean, he does have a defensive, uh, you know, you know, mindset. He certainly does. But, you know, he's not this defensive guru that's going to take this team, no matter who they have on their defensive side of the ball. He's not some guru that's going to make a bad defense look mediocre. It's not like that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. So, uh then for the ranking now, uh, Dan Campbell coming in as the 31st ranked head coach in the yeah. uh, league right now. So not looking good from a ranking standpoint for old Dan Campbell. Now, before we move along into the entire schedule breakdown, that was the full team breakdown. I was so caught off guard here. <laughs> the team breakdown of the Detroit Lions. We will uh, soon move into the schedule breakdown, but I got a confession to make here, my Do friend. It. So I'm eating these donuts over here, right? Uh-huh. I'm through two and a half. Uh-huh. And they are so sweet. They're thick, dude. They are so... The sugar was not the right choice. I got sugar everywhere. Yeah. I, I don't want to back down, but... All right. So here's the deal. Because mm-hmm. I think we're both on the same page. And I, I, I don't... I don't think you guys realize how serious this is with also trying to fucking give you guys analysis and actually be a little bit not serious. Good. <laughs> it's not good. And every time not I good. talk, I get this sugar feeling in the back of my mouth like I'm going to fucking puke. And I don't just want to randomly be talking about a random wide receiver and fucking blow chunks. Now, as great as that would be for TV <laughs> and all of your pleasure, that would be absolutely electric, but it would ruin my computer. It would ruin all of our production equipment. And I just don't feel like doing that. Now, maybe potentially at some point in the future, we revisit this idea. We, we do it off of a live show. We try and knock it down. Because me trying to hammer down a donut every, every so often as you're talking just ain't working for me, pal. It just ain't working. And I'm an honest man, you know? And I don't like to be out here lying or out here saying I'll do something I won't do. But, you know, things are as things are sometimes. So here's what I'm saying. I'm probably going to have another donut just enjoyably on the show. I'm at a point where I'm not enjoying it already. Yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling. So we're going to put a cap on I don't know. I don't want to quit either. I don't want to quit because I'm not a quitting man. But what we'll do, if you're cool with it, I kind of had this in the back of my mind, which we'll just we'll add to the giveaway. So whoever wins the giveaway will kick up the Amazon gift card. We'll either kick it up to 50 or 100 bucks just as a, we fucked up, we couldn't do it, we bit off more than we could chew, we got to try and fucking give you guys some type of a show here today. Because I, I, I will tap out and I will do that. I will add an extra 25, 50 bucks to the Amazon gift card myself personally. I do not care. I, I, uh, How about you do that and I'll see what I can do over here. All right, that's fine by me. Because I feel disgusting, but I I want to give it a shot. That's cool. <laughs> and and you know, uh, trying to host the show. I know do both of us doing it. It's not is, working. It's so it's not working. It's so damn hard. So I will at some point in time because I I'm not a quitting man. And I, I made some poor com- choices though. I will say, I if I had made some better choices, this would be a lot easier. I made some bad choices. I will conquer this. I will conquer this. I just gotta. I gotta. I, I can't be hosting a live podcast as I do that. But I'm powering through. 
I will kick in. I'll think of what I'm kicking in, and I'll kick in some additional onto the Amazon gift card. Fair enough. I like that trade-off. Oh, fuck. While Riley continues. So, let me do my job here for a minute. I apologize, guys. I I was literally feeling like I was going to puke, and I was getting hot already, and I mean, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't there. So, Riley, continue on, my friend. Godspeed, buddy. We're going to keep this show moving right along into the entire schedule breakdown. Now, partner, I'll let you just fucking go to work. And if you get at a point in time where you don't want to go to work anymore, that is just fine. And then I will uh, let you give you your piece. But let me just uh, rock and roll here for a little while. Go ahead. And we'll keep going. All right, my friends. Once again, thanks for tuning into the 100th episode. Sorry, I couldn't make it all the way through. I did. I I am just not in the puking mood and ruining <laughs> thousands of dollars of equipment mood here this morning. So tap out from Colton. All right, full schedule breakdown. Uh, 18 weeks, once again, 17 official games. So you guys are aware. You know the drill. You know the deal. The Lions have their bye week in week nine this year, and they kick off the season not looking so hot. They do start at home, but that's against the 49ers. Then they go into Lambeau against the Packers, and then week three back at home against the Ravens. Then week four, five, and six, they are on the road to my Bears, on the road to the Vikings, and then come home for the Bengals. In my mind, very possible for this team to start 0-5 this year with that schedule. (laughs) Then you have in week 7 and 8, they go back on the road to the Rams. Going to be kind of that, hey, fuck you, look what I'm about, Sean McVay. And I think think the real uh, Jared Goff is going to get exposed in that game. That is week 7 in LA. Then week 8, they come back home to play the Eagles. Out of the bye week in week 10, they play the Steelers on the road and then back on the road again to another AFC North team, the Cleveland Browns. Then week 12, 13, and 14, back-to-back games at home in 12 and 13 against the Bears again and the Vikings again. Then they play the Broncos in mile high in week 14. Then week 15, they play the Cardinals at home and then close out their season week 16, 17, and 18. 16 is on the road. in Atlanta and then uh, on the road again in Seattle and then close out the season finally at home against the Green Bay Packers across the board it ain't looking good it ain't looking easy for the uh for the old for the old home team here and actually you want to know I got to clear something up too because this just came into my mind my stomach is good as fuck like I I am through two and I am good as fuck I think I can put down 12 donuts it's just I don't want to have like the feeling when I'm talking. Yeah. I just I can't talk yeah. and do it at the yeah, same time. That's fine. But you got it. You're rocking. Ah. We'll this is this is as tough of a three game start to any season. There can't be a tougher start to this season than the 49ers, Packers, and Ravens. It just can't. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I honestly don't believe there can be either. Um, well, outside of that, it definitely looks like it's uh, going to be tough sledding here for the Detroit Lions all the way through 2021. But uh, let's give us a few of uh, our predictions as far as how they'll do within the division, their main eight side games outside of that division, uh, NFC North, and then also their three additional games on the schedule. Now, as far as the division goes, I have little faith whatsoever that the Detroit Lions have any success this season. Some of those wins in the division, one of them being against my Bears, came in last-second comebacks and wild fashion. It just didn't uh, it didn't make sense how they won some of those games, but they still finished last in the division. I think that happens yet once again. You know, 
I honestly almost see them going 0-6 in the division. They could potentially squeak one out in a wild game against the Bears. They could potentially squeak one out in a wild game against the Vikings and potentially squeak out a 2-4. and There's no way they're going to touch the Packers at all in my <laughs> mind. I know that's music to your ears, partner, but... At the best, I see two and four. At the worst, I see zero and six here for the Lions in the NFC North. Yeah, I, at the best, I see one game maybe against the Vikings, but I don't think so. You know, we've both been low on the Vikings, but I've been low on the Vikings in this terms of you know against the top half of the league, not the worst teams in the league. I think that their roster is still so much better. And I'll flip it back on you. I think the Bears defense, uh, at least this year with Jared Goff, is such a brutal matchup for this offense. So I think the Bears smoke them. The one advantage that they do have, uh, you know, Jared Goff has been bad in cold weather games. They do have the advantage of getting the Packers and the Bears on the road at the beginning of the season. But I don't think it's going to matter at all. I don't think it is either. And I think that's going to loom very large. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because... Yeah, they're not going to have the cold weather, but still, I don't think that Jared Goff's going to have much matter. success at all, as he hasn't historically. Now, how about the main eight ga- games outside of that division? Uh, they play the AFC North, and they also play the NFC West. So definitely not uh, easy easy going at all, for uh, or on the part, rather, of the schedule makers. Right. In my mind, the AFC North, they have the potential to get the win against the Bengals, but that game could be one of those games where Joey Burrow needs some uh, lifting up. He needs some success, and that's a week six. They could be on a little bit of a skid as we talked about it before. They might not come out of the gates hot, and hey, you know, that might be a game where Joe Burrow needs a dub, even though that looks like one of the easier games on their schedule. So, I could potentially see them going 0-4 in the AFC North as much as that sucks to say as just a fan of football in general. But yep. as a fan of the AFC or NFC North, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not opposed as to when one team is pretty much completely out of the running before the season even starts. Now, I would be pleasantly surprised if Dan Campbell can do anything, but I highly doubt it. And then for the NFC West... I think they go 0-4 there, too. I don't see there's any way that they're going to beat the Rams. They're not beating the Seahawks or the 49ers. Cardinals might be a bit of a shootout in the first quarter, but that's about it besides that. So eight games outside of the division. I got them going 0-8. I, I think I'm right there with you, my man. I want to talk myself into the giving, the one, giving them the one against the Bengals, but I think that Bengals offense is going to be good enough, and I really just have no faith in, faith in this uh, Lions offense at all. So no. I don't see them being in shootouts where they can keep up with some of these teams. You mentioned the Cardinals. I don't hate what you said, but I think the Cardinals blow them out of the water if they're trying to get into a shootout with them. So, I mean, they almost have to figure out a way to be some type of grindy, stingy type of defense, and that's just not going to happen. Absolutely. So I I definitely agree with that. Um, Outside of that, they have the – hello, they have the three remaining games uh, on the schedule of the Broncos, the Eagles, and the Falcons. As far as those games go – I see potentially by the time they're playing the Broncos, that game's all the way in week 14. That could be Teddy Two Gloves season by that time, and he gets this victory no problem whatsoever. Then they play the Eagles at home. Sure, I know, but that's before the bye week. I'm not all too certain that they can get a win there either. They might. That would be the one that I would say they get the win, if at all. I don't think the Falcons are going to be a team that blows it in the second half this year. That's Early prediction, I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I didn't just jinx them, but 
At the worst, I see 0-3. Best, I see 1-3. I'll, I'll lean 1-3. and They get the win over the Eagles in a goofy, flub-up kind of game. Okay, that is the one that I want to talk myself into, or maybe the Falcons, but even then, no. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the uh, Broncos being possible Teddy Two-Glove situation. It'll either be that or Drew Locke. If Drew Locke is there, that means he's played well enough to have them being a good team, and the Broncos are right. going to smoke him, so... I want to talk myself into the Eagles, but, you know, I was looking at the Eagles roster. They at least still have some pieces on defense that are respectable pieces. And, you know, I'm not sure what we'll see from the Eagles offense. Maybe these teams will be a little similar, but I still think the Eagles are better. So I'll talk my that'll be my one. Then I'll talk myself into the one win for this Lions here. Well, once again, we're on the same page for yet another team. And even if you are on the optimistic side of things with us, that's only three wins. I don't know where you pull. Yeah. I don't know where you can pull six wins to get over their five. We'll obviously talk about that from a betting perspective here very shortly. But I honestly just don't know where the Lions go from here. I don't think they're in a very good position at all. Uh, In my opinion, they have kind of built the team for the future, but... I don't know that they can get those guys to stick around long enough to have success uh, long-term enough. I, I just don't think that they're going to have success fast enough to where these guys are going to be able to still be around on their rookie deals with the Detroit Lions. And that uh, that really depresses me for Lions fans across the board because I really like Dan Campbell. You know, I love his cannibalistic mentality, biting kneecaps all, yep. all, all over yep. the doggone field. I love that. But I just, I don't know if it hasn't been fixed in Detroit yet. What makes you think that, and it's Motor City Dan Campbell. I hate to see this, but what makes you think that a New Orleans tight ends coach is going to come in and fix Detroit? Yeah. That's just, that's where the doggone, that's just where the the rubber meets the road at the end of the day. And not to mention their 2021 schedule compared to 2020 is no good. They face the fourth toughest schedule overall based on win totals, and then an SFA forecast right now that they will face the second toughest schedule of offensive opponents on the defensive side of the ball. So that one shining spot that I told you might be this defense, they're facing the second toughest set of opponents offensively as a projection (laughs) right now. It's not going to be good. Even if the defense can keep them in a game or two here or there, at the end of the day, this offense just isn't going to be able to put up points like they need them to. No. And I, you know, we mentioned Dan Campbell. He's not going to be willingly losing games and purposefully losing games, but it's clear that this front office is trying to. They're trying to position themselves. If it's not the number one pick, they're trying to be a top three pick and compete with, uh, you know, a couple of these bad teams. And the way it's shaking out, I really do think they are going to be that number one overall pick. But. You know, and even and even with Dan Campbell, if he's firing these guys up week in and week out, like at what point do the guys say, "Hey, man, like maybe chill out. We're zero and eight over here. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, bite some kneecaps off today. It hasn't worked to this day yet. Why isn't yeah. it working today? Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I echo everything you say there, and and I hate to be that low on Dan Campbell with his as high energy and as electric as he has been so far, but. We'll see what happens. Uh, wrapping up the schedule, last but certainly not least, uh, one shining spot here schedule-wise for the Lions is actually their rest and prep. 
uh, going into 2021. They uh, actually have some key advantages in a few areas. They uh, face one opponent that has over a week to prep for them, and they face three opponents that have less than a week to prep for them. So they have two, a plus two rest advantage. They also have a uh, rest disadvantage in uh, only one game, and then they have a rest advantage in three games this season. That's also a plus two. They play no games uh, on a that are a short week road game, and then they also play no games off a road Sunday night or Monday, or one game off a Sunday night or Monday night football. So honestly, looks really, really good from that perspective, but I don't think it helps this team whatsoever at all this season. And and I really hate to say that. I was really hoping maybe MCDC could get this uh, Lions team sure. turned around, but I don't think that's what's going to happen this year, my friend. No, and the two biggest rest advantages they have, coming out of their bye week, they played the Steelers in Pittsburgh. That is such a terrible matchup for this offense. The Steelers' defense is absolutely going to feast on Jared Goff. And the other one is a three-day advantage against the Vikings at home. So that might be the one divisional game that I would feel the best about in Detroit. Uh, you know, a big uh, advantage there for the Lions. But aside from that, man, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good whatsoever. So about as bad as I'm looking right now. <laughs> so four and it's bad, dude. It's bad. It's bad. All right. We'll <laughs> keep bad. chugging. I believe in you. I, f- those, I believe those in vanilla you, ones, friend. dude. They're, they're so thick. thick. They're big. They're thick. Do you think that a dunk, Dunkin' Donuts, because these are maybe a little too special. They would, might be. Would Dunkin' Donuts be? I think. I mean, because these ones, I wish I would have got a bunch more of these little thin chocolate ones. They go down easy. Yeah, but sometimes Dunkin's are pretty bad for Dunkin's just about that side, too. I feel so disgusting. Keep rocking and rolling, my friend. I love the way you're working over there. As you do that, let's get into the entire season betting preview. That was everything for the Lions 2021 schedule. How about the stuff that we always come here for? The locks, the facts. The money lines, the spreads, the over-unders, the totals, everything in between, you know what we're about. So we got to quickly take a trip back in the past to 2020, take a look at some of the Lions ATS, over-under, and teaser trends. However, take this with a grain of salt. Two reasons. The COVID year we had last year in the NFL, and this is a brand new offense and coaching staff in Detroit. That all being said, 2020 ATS stats uh, for the Detroit Lions. Their average line was at 3.7. They were 3.7 point underdog. Coming into 2021, the books have given given them even less respect. They are now a six-point underdog. They are favored in zero games this season and underdogs in 17. Depending on maybe where you might look, that might be underdogs in 16 and a virtual pick them in the other one. Their uh, ATS record in 2020, however, was six and nine, and they had a five and eleven straight up record. They were one and one as a favorite, and five and eight ATS as an underdog. Didn't really matter if they were on ho- uh, home or away. Either way, they didn't do very good against the number. But what would surprise you that even though it was a COVID year, they should be rather decent on the road. They weren't good at all at home. They were two and five ATS at home, zero and one ATS as a favorite, and two and four as an underdog. So no spot was really well for- worked really well for them. And then on the road, they were four and four ATS, one and zero as a road favorite and three and four as a road underdog so 
Not a great ATS team, my friends. I'm afraid that's going to be exactly the case here again in 2021 and should be a team that you should look to avoid on the uh, weekly lines, weekly games, uh, maybe run in the opposite direction or maybe fade city the Lions until further notice. That all being said, one spot that you might be able to target these Lions is in regards to the total. How about some over-under trends in 2020? Now, their average line in 2020 was 51.31, or 0.3, and has now dropped down in uh, 2021 to 46.4. In 2020, they had an 11-5 over-under record. They were 7-1 to the over at home, 4-4 over-under on the road. So, obviously, at home, they had some uh, pretty nice shootouts. They got some of those mid 40s, high 40s over those totals. They were 3-1 and one to the over as a favorite and 8-4 and four to the over as an underdog. So, you know, across the board, I'm uh, I'm a pretty big fan of, uh, of the over side of things here in Detroit. Now, it's going to have to be a pretty doggone specific spot if you do want to play it. However, it's not a bad look because they might be able to put up a score here or a score there, help a total goal over because the team put up 30 points on them uh, or an absolutely ridiculous total outside of that. So it's kind of uh, some of the key things there over under wise. Did you have another uh, final thought there over under partner? Yeah, I'm just not really sure where to target this team at all because I'm not sure what to expect as far as this offense is concerned, like points per game wise. I think they're going to be really bad. I don't know if they're going to be able to drive these overs or not because I think they're going to get blown out in so many games. So maybe it'll be a fade team. But then again, you're just going to start seeing um, plus 14s and plus 17s if that's the case. So, sure. you know, it might just be a team to stay away from. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But uh, I'm definitely leaning more of a stay away. Um, now, one thing that, you know, we love to do on Sundays is build a nice teaser. And I highly suggest that you keep the Detroit Lions out of any teaser that you build this season season six seven and ten point teasers respectively eight and seven and six point nine and seven and seven points and nine and five and ten point teasers across the board not good at all for the detroit lions <clears throat> excuse me but uh i and and i honestly think that you need to uh keep them far away any any spot any spot that you are thinking about putting them in a teaser look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you are absolutely insane and you should not run the risk of putting the Lions in a teaser. That's my two cents and soapbox on the end of that thing. Uh, any final closing thoughts there uh, from 2020, Parter? No, I have to imagine that they're going to be a fade team in my teasers, going to be in the opposite end of these teasers, maybe tease some of these teams uh, down to you know less than a touchdown spread there. Uh, <clears throat> for some of these teams, Niners, Packers, Ravens, those might be some teaser spots for those teams. I'm slurring my words over here, dude. This is uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not making it. I'm not making it. Plain and simple, I'm not making it. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, moving right along, my friends. Appreciate the uh, rest of uh, the uh, the acumen there, partner. Um, <laughs> closing things up here with uh, the beginning portion of the betting preview. Weekly Lions. See, you know, the, D the Detroit Lions episode would have been just... You know, slow as all get out. We wouldn't have enjoyed anything. I wouldn't have got frosting all over our fucking microphones. You know, we wouldn't have had just a, a good opportunity here. So, you know, it's all shaking out. I believe in you. Keep powering I, on, Bob. I, I, it's not happening. 
So as far as the 2021 weekly betting outlook for the Lions goes, it does not look good at all, my friends. This is the first team that we have looked at per sharp football analysis that uh, actually has every single week is in is in a red coverage. So that means it is not good at all. It's probably not going to be a very good chance that they cover that number. First team that we've seen like this, and I don't think that a single week is worth running to, maybe here or there, but I'll tell you about them anyway and I'll let you know some that might stick out in my mind. They come in in week one, seven and a half point dogs at home against the 49ers, then seven and a half point dogs against the Packers in week two, seven and a half point dogs against the Ravens in week three, and then four and five underdogs again, five and a half point dogs against the Bears and eight and a half point dogs against the Vikings. So maybe they won't split with the Vikings after all. Uh, they come in. This is their one kind of pick'em game. Uh, at the time of publication, it was at plus one. Uh, they were underdogs to Cincinnati. Uh, then against the Rams, they come in in LA as 12-point underdogs. And then, or I'm sorry, this is the pick'em, uh, Philadelphia at home in Detroit. Then they have their bye week in nine, obviously. Uh, then week 10, they play the Steelers as seven and a half point dogs, 10-point dogs against Cleveland. And then week 12 and 13 three-point dogs against the bears four-point dogs against the vikings then some pretty high totals here in 14 15 16 and 17 as far as the spread goes plus seven and a half plus six and a half plus seven and a half and plus nine and a half so all a touchdown or more but then at the end of the season probably because the bookmakers are thinking that the packers are going to have things wrapped up week 18 they come in as three and a half point dogs to the packers in detroit now, as far as anything jumping off the screen at me, I told you maybe that one win they could potentially get would be against the Eagles. If you needed to hammer something in, if you wanted a, a value play, I suppose that that uh, pick them against Philadelphia in week eight in Detroit might be worth some value, might be worth a look there. Outside of that, maybe the Bengals game in week six, but the more I think about it, I think Joey B and the receiving core have <clears> stuff <throat> figured out by week six, and that might be one of those weeks where they turn up on all ends of the spectrum. Outside of that, I, I just, I don't know. I don't see them covering those touchdown spreads. Those touchdown spreads really scare me. I think they're set at touchdown spreads because, oh, that's Jared Goff. He should be able to keep that within a touchdown. And I just don't think that that's going to be the case here this season, my friends, because he doesn't have Sean McVay in his ear, as I've already told you. But, partner, anything jumping off the board there for you as far as the weekly betting lines go? No, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be real specific spots where I think they're unquestionably go unquestionably. I can't even say it, dude. <laughs> My stomach is so full. There's going to be games where there's no doubt going to be blowouts for the Lions side of things. So those are the spots where I will be targeting them. But as I mentioned, as the season picks up and goes along, those lines are just going to go up and up and up. And it's going to be so hard to judge when they're a good time to fade them or not. Because I truly don't have any spots that I actually am interested in taking them. I just don't. I really think there's a good chance they could get blown out week in and week out. And uh, it's, it's going to be bad. It's Sorry, gonna be bad. I was uh, reaching away over there as uh, as you were speaking. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think there's going to be many spots here that you can target the Lions. And uh, if there is, hey, be sure to uh, follow us on the Action app or on TalkingLine.com. See our best bets on the Today's Best Bets tab when you know that's where they'd be. But uh, 
We might have a play here or there, but I'm probably staying far away from the uh, Lions, at least as far as the spread goes this year. Now, as far as the game totals go, they have a high of 49, low of 44 and a half. So very, very tight sample. It's all pretty much right around that median uh, 45, 46, 47 mark. You know, I, I think that's the books once again telling you, hey, we don't really know what we're going to get here from these guys either. We don't think they're going to be good, but are they going to be able to put up a touchdown here or there to maybe, like I said, a team puts up 30 plus points on them to get that over to go, uh, obviously, or get the total obviously go over. You know, I think that happens, and it's obviously going to depend on that opponent because the Detroit offense is not going to score much or at all if, uh, with that being said, in this season. So, I would uh, stay far away from them in general. I honestly, that's just my humble opinion, my my humble advice. Stay far away. But if there's a very valuable spot, maybe potentially target that over because that was about the one shining uh, spot they had last season. You know, if I have one spot, we haven't really talked about it as uh, individual weeks here. It might be a team where I'm picking the opposite team's team total to go over. Mm. Uh, as far as especially mm. these first three weeks, Niners, Packers, Ravens. If it's over twenty something, I'm going over on all three of those teams. That might be I the like move that. here. You know, I like that a lot i like that a lot well uh there you have it there you go as far as weekly lines and totals go hey i'm a poet and i didn't even know it um that's kind of the value that we see really no value at all in general so i will ask you this partner way too early we are under a month out now holy cow i cannot wait but way too early week one selection in Detroit, the Motor City, if you will. The Lions welcome the 49 as the town, and they are getting seven and a half points on their home turf. Are you crazy enough to hammer it in, or are you fading the mess out of it in hopes that maybe Trey Lance shows up week one and murders <clears throat> this Detroit defense? You know, I'm not sure if I'll be hammering this one in or not. I will be fading the Lions in week one if I am making a play on that one. I don't care who is that quarterback for the Niners. I think the Niners' defense is going to run rampant on this offense. And, you know, we might not even see the Lions get to double-digit points. Certainly not over 14, 17 points. So... If I am hammering anything on that game, as I mentioned, it might be a team total. If uh, if not that, it's going to be that Niners spread. Uh, anything less than 10 points, honestly. 150%. Well, that all being said, just taking a couple little uh, side notes here for some stuff to talk about uh, later as well. But with that being said... I, too, believe uh, that I'm going to have to go with the whole 49ers here. Uh, you know, I don't think that uh, the Lions are going to have any type of firepower to be able to hang in uh, these touchdown games. That's Those are set at a key number for a reason, you know, and uh, right. I, I think the 49ers come away with a, an at least 10-point victory. Now, I'm not running to the window at it uh, as I was and as you were, too, yesterday um, on the who the Broncos. heck on the Broncos yeah in week one goodness gracious sugar coma me too I don't know how you feel yeah. um but that yeah. being said I would hammer that in but uh not running to the window in any capacity to do so now their season win total we got more stuff to talk about betting wise this is typically uh the main future market everybody looks at so we love to talk about it love to give our opinions on it too currently set at five total wins for the Detroit Lions in 2021 I don't really have to talk about it too much more. I already dished you out where I think they're going to fall in the division and outside of the division. I don't think they're going to have much success. I think you could say, ah, they pull one here, they pull one there. But 
I don't like to bank my bets on a ah no. maybe I don't I don't really like to do so. So you heard me uh, say right there three wins in my mind, and I think once again I gotta take another under here. Books are pricing it pretty accurately, to my opinion. Don't know where you're at, partner. I'll ask you here in just a minute. But the over is at plus 100, and the under is at minus 120. Where are you at? What side you falling on for the season win total set at five for the Lions? Give me under, man. Uh, you cannot map out five wins, let alone six here. I don't see it at all. I, as we're about to talk about here, I am going to be taking an under alternate total here i think this team is going to be really bad as mentioned that front office wants a top three pick and i think three wins or less is going to do just that and i just don't see how you map out five wins for me or any higher than that and certainly if you only think they're going to win five wins you're not trying to bet an over and hope for a push that's not what you're going for and there's no way they're getting to six wins here so i'll be interested in some alternate totals here my man yeah, I uh, think so too, because I think there is some value there, and you're doggone right we have the value for those alternate win totals. The over four and a half right now, so maybe they get right to five, is at minus 150. Very reasonable price, but you're not going to get a whole lot back. No. You think they have a way better season than everybody is anticipating. They go over six and a half. They go seven wins. They don't They don't even go over the regular one they got. You're at plus 270 right now. So I suggest you might want to stay away from that. It's going to take a hell of a lot of uh, quarterback injuries on their schedule for that to happen. Yeah, it's going to take some <laughs> real bad things to happen in order for this team to uh, scratch out seven wins. Now, under four and a half. Take it down one. They get the under four. It's at plus 120 right now. We're under five is at minus 120. So you get the hook and you're getting plus 120. So not bad value there if you like that. The under three and a half is at plus 200. So if you're uh, right aligned with me, maybe on the, oh, yeah, they could get three wins there. That's at plus 200. And then under two and a half. If you don't even think that they can do that, they might go winless in the NFC North. Under two and a half is at plus 410 right now. And I'm not afraid of it, to tell you the truth. I think it might be worth a little sprinkle if you want to run to the window on something win total-wise for the Lions. I think that the under five or under four and a half has really good value. And then even potentially under two and a half for a nice little sprinkle at plus 400 does not shy me away at all. Yeah, I'm going to be running to the... I am actually definitely locking in under three and a half at plus 200. I like what you're saying about under two and a half. I don't hate it, but if you're giving me what I deem as a safe, somewhat safe play at plus 200 odds, I'm going to be hammering that boy, bad boy in, and I might even sprinkle a little on the under two and a half. I could see them pulling out three wins, but I really don't see four, so give me plus 200 under three and a half. Absolutely. Love it. And then the books are pretty much lined up with us on this end of the spectrum as well. They don't think that the Lions are going to make the playoffs. Obviously, we don't with some of our win predictions. Uh, to make the playoffs right now for the Lions is at plus 620, and to miss the playoffs is at minus 1,000. So both ends of the spectrum, not good at all for the Lions here into 2021. Obviously, no real value as far as any division winner, Super Bowl winner, conference winner, um, NFC conference. They're at plus uh, 10,000. Uh, not good at all on that. They are plus 18,000 for Super Bowl 56. There's just no real even long shot value uh, on the on the Lions here this year. I, I think they may be set up for the future. They may have some success come 23, 24, if they can get some things figured out be a totally different team than we're used to seeing in Detroit but right now 
It's uh, <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah, if you actually are a lot higher than the Lions are, I think the move would just be to bet them week by week and bet them on those big spreads. Other than that, I mean, even if you're high on them, I don't see how they go over six and a half at plus two seventy. So. I would say if you're real high on them, take them. Just take them week by week. Honestly, yeah. I I don't know how you could be. I don't high know how you could be high on them, but, but if you are, that would yeah, be what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My opinion: avoid them all together. Yep. But outside of that, we're good degenerates. We like to uh, meander around the books, check out the side market, sure see what additional value is out there outside of what everybody else has given you, and we got some side bets. Might be worth a little sprinkling come NFL season or maybe right now if you got an extra couple bucks burning a hole in your pocket. You heard us talk a lot about Jared Goff today Mm -hmm. and how low we are on that Mm -hmm. young man. And I will mention to you that for him to throw the most interceptions this year is only at 12 to 1 odds. Plus 1,200 right now. So... Might be worth a potential look there. They play uh, play some very, very tough defenses. They uh, obviously already told you they uh, are projected to face the second toughest schedule of opponents based on win totals. And, you know, I think that he is going to throw more than enough interceptions to flirt with you like this one? Cash in this bet. You like this I one? I enjoy this one okay. a lot. At plus twelve hundred, I absolutely do. I might, uh, I might have to dive into this one a little more because he was right around. I want to say the sixth best odds. There's a couple of the rookies that are higher uh, than he was, so I might have to peruse this one a little bit. I want to take someone on this one because this is going to be an entertaining one to root for someone bad to be throwing interceptions. Golf will definitely be in that uh, consideration because his receivers will not be open like they were in L.A. Well, I've talked about it time and time again. Even last season on L.A., you could tell it on his first drive his first not even his first drive the first snap he had this look on his face that he was just not on the field he was completely somewhere else he was scared he knew that he had no idea what that defense was doing he knew that McVay wasn't going to be able to save his ass today and unfortunately he doesn't have McVay in his ear this year right he has Anthony Lynn who sure has been okay with the Chargers offense but he had Phillip Rivers and Justin Herbert last year. So I just don't think that Jared Goff is on that same level. And, you know, I I think that Anthony Lynn is going to put him into a lot of situations where he is going to have to use his head to make a decision, and it's not going to end well, and it might end in pick six after pick six after pick six. So plus 1,200, give me that as one of my favorites here. Okay, I like it. And to piggyback on what you said about the basically deer in the headlights look, he's not the one that said it, but it's almost like the Sam Darnold, I'm seeing ghosts out here type stuff. That's basically what you see from him in those games. Yeah, definitely. That is is spot on. I could not have said that better myself. Um, And then another one that I'm actually really interested in hammering in, they are uh, tied for the second or first team right now uh, with the Texans, I do believe. Worst record in the NFL for the Detroit Lions is at plus 400 right now. So worth a look. I don't know. There's some stacked teams. There's some teams that brought in some coaches who have been head coaches for a little while or have at least been OCs for a little while or some more high-level stuff. I don't know. The The old Detroit Lions could definitely finish this season 2-15, and 15, no question about it. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, the other team that's a contender would be the Texans, especially without Deshaun Watson. Not even certain if he's not going to be there or not. But uh, the Texans open the season, I believe. If not the first week, it's the second week with the Jaguars. So they've got at least a couple of winnable games, whereas the Lions, they might have a couple winnable games, but I am leaning towards no thank you. But I am also interested in the worst record at plus 400 
Alexander, my man. Absolutely. Last but certainly not least, um, one that I also thought was uh, pretty doggone valuable was the uh, last winless team. Uh, that is at plus 250 right now. Lions uh, get the old tally on the left side of the sheet. Last in the NFL this year? You think so? I potentially think so. Um, like I said, I think that they could start this season 0-5. I think that they might not get their first win until week six, and I think they might not even get that win then. I think they might not get their first win until week eight against Philadelphia before they go into the bye. But that's even generous. Oh, that's generous. And even if they might beat the Falcons outside of that, I think they go two and fifteen. That is my early projection. They go two and fifteen. That's what I'm saying too. But I feel generous giving them two wins, man. I I don't want to say I'm going to sit here and say zero and seventeen, but I'm sitting here right now and saying the Lions go zero and seventeen this year. Pretty high marks there, pal. Uh, I'll say it. That's my uh, hottest take of the year so far. 0-17 for the damn Lions. All right. Well, they have had an 0-16 uh, season. Yeah, first in the last, team to go 0-17, yeah, hey. In the last decade. So maybe uh, first team to go 0-17. I don't know. Gracious. But, uh, yeah, that last win this team might be the most valuable out of all of those. Yeah. Probably the least sweat, uh, plus 250 with how they start their season right. and how it continues on after the bye week. So, there you go. There you have it, my friends. That is everything for the betting preview. Let's wrap things up for the Detroit Lions with our best fantasy advice in the segment you have all known to come and love. Start, stash, or pass. Let's get after it and wrap things up here. Not a ton of fantasy value here for the Detroit Lions, so there's not a whole lot to bring you. Quarterback-wise, I'll kick things off. You got Jared Goff and then the aforementioned Tim Boyle earlier in the show. Going to pass completely on Tim Boyle. And I'm not targeting Jared Goff in a draft at all. Um, you know, matter of fact, I'm not even going to waste a red flag on him uh, this year. He might have a little bit of success, but from a fantasy perspective, I don't think I think he is going to have trouble breaking 10 fantasy points from week to week. <laughs> and as crazy as that sounds, I think that is not that crazy because it takes a lot for a quarterback to put up 10 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have maybe at least a touchdown, a couple hundred yards, get rocking and rolling, do a little with your feet. Then you start to move into the 14, 15. Oh shit, we're in the 18, 22, 23. Fuck, my quarterback's good. That ain't going to be Jared Goff nope. this year, and he's not going to do it with his feet, not in this offense, and I uh, I am quite afraid that he might be one of the dead-ass last quarterbacks in fantasy this year, so I am passing completely on this entire quarterback room. I'm not even wasting a red flag on a potential uh, late-season, mid-season waiver wire pickup on Goff. I'm good. Yep, I'm right there with you, my man. He was the number 19 quarterback with the Rams last year. You're not going to uh, argue with me that he's going to be any higher than that with the Lions. I'm passing altogether, and I as I love what you said. It's going to be a struggle for him to get over 10 fantasy points week in and week out. For that matter, I'm probably going to be targeting whatever defense the Lions are playing week in and week out. And, uh, you know, if they're a waiver wire option, I might start them over whoever I have at defense. Yeah, I definitely agree with you as well. And then I'll kick things back over to you too here um, for 
the running back room. Now, I know you're high on DeAndre Swift, obviously high on Jamal Williams, coming from Lambeau, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Where are you thinking fantasy-wise uh, these boys fall this year? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Jamal Williams, he was number 38 running back in Green Bay last year. I am interested in him as a handcuff. If something happens to Swift and he's the number one, clear number one running back, I'd be interested. But I don't even know if I would draft him, honestly. A number 38 in a high-powered offense now going into a number two role in a bad offense that's going to be very, very predictable. I'm, I'm just passing on him altogether. Swift was a number 18 running back last year. I will pick him up. I don't know where he's going to be falling in drafts. I don't want to overdraft him because, like I said, it's just going to be too damn predictable. And, you know, he's he... He's not a bad running back, but because of how predictable it's going to be, they might stack the box. You might see him, uh, you know, getting three yards per carries, and it's not going to be his fault. So I'll take him. I'm not going to overdraft for him, though, and I might even stash him to see what we see from him week in and week out. I don't think I would even put him week one lineup, honestly. I wouldn't either. Uh, I'm pretty much on the same page with you there. I might draft him if, if they can fall low, but as far as... As far as Williams being an RB2, maybe if he can get some receiving work, maybe in PPR, and that's all a huge maybe. Right. I don't really know what type of production he's going to have in Detroit because they're so damn predictable with their play calling. So then again, it is not Daryl Bevel anymore. It's right. Anthony Lynn, but still, Anthony Lynn is predictable as all shit with his play calling. So I don't think Jamal Williams has. I'll pass on him for now. I might, might toss a red flag on him just to see if anything happens. Right. And then, uh, as far as DeAndre Swift goes, maybe draft him. I, I, I feel like you can do a roster spot with him, but at the best, I think we get flex production consistently week to week with a breakout RB2 week here to there. I, I Like you said, man, I think they're going to stack the box. They're going to do certain things. And Anthony Lynn and Jared Goff combined aren't going to be smart enough to check out of some of those plays. and It's just going to be blown up, blown up, yeah. blown up, blown up. I don't care how good this offensive line is. Right. And basically, as I mentioned, if he falls to me in the later rounds, I would scoop him up because there's going to be some uh, matchups here and there that I might like. But, I mean, he opens up with five teams that know how to stop the run, at least uh, if they know that you can't beat they other team can't beat him through the air so i like i said he'll be on my bench if i get him for the first five weeks at least 100 percent. so there you go for the running back room and let's keep it moving right along into the wide receiver room now uh in my humble opinion i'm passing all together all okay. three i don't even think none of these guys deserve a draft spot now um the one guy i will put a red flag on though um post draft potential waiver wire pickup maybe a deep depth ad amon ross st brown i'm not huge on brashad perryman didn't have a great season last season from a fantasy perspective at all tyrell williams was hurt but every season since then since he was on the chargers before the raiders i put him in my lineups and you just don't get more than seven points and you just can't consistently depend on that out of a flex spot so that's all he will ever be and once again maybe a breakout wide receiver three week wide receiver two borderline week so i'll pass on all of those but i like amon rod just with the potential to break out i think he also is one of those guys that can break out much like i talked about earlier in the show with hawkinson with swift i think swift like that you can stash him too, stash these guys just in case something happens where i i they need to start scoring points. And what I mean by that is that I don't see Dan Campbell rolling over in his grave trying to sink a season just to get a number one overall pick. 
He is not that type of guy. He's not going to tank here in Detroit. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get a win. And if it's going to take plugging and playing some of those younger guys and getting shit done and getting them prepped for a 2022 season, that's what he'll do. And he'll bite kneecaps off, gladly doing it as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's what might happen. I think those two guys are, are worth a stash. And in my mind, Amon Ra is worth a stash, and I'll pass on Perryman and Williams. How about you, partner? Yeah, you know, you and I are very close to the similar here. I might, if it's the last couple of rounds and everything's picked over and some, one of these guys is laying there, maybe I'll scoop one of them up just because, you know, if they aren't as terrible as we're saying, somebody's got to find the ball here. Somebody's got to get the ball. So, you know, deep, deep sleeper, deep, deep stash. I love what you said about Amon Ra. He could absolutely, I don't expect that necessarily, but it's not, you know, it's not worth a shot, honestly. So I'm right where you are in this one, man. Bad wide receiver room altogether. Yeah, and I think they finish much like you do, either uh, dead last in uh, the wide receiver statistic or tied for one of the last spots. I don't think they're going to have a very year, good year across the board at all. Last but certainly not least, as far as pass catchers go, you still got the tight end too. And I think, uh, I just talked about him. I think he's going to have a huge breakout year, TJ Hawkinson. I actually drafted him in his rookie year. I was really high on him coming out of Iowa, but it's really hard for rookie tight ends to have a really good season. I picked him up again last year, saw some production, but nothing of like a top five tight end like I thought I was going to get. I think year three is where we finally see that. And I think he supplants himself within the top seven tight end categories, kind of where I see him falling. I see him well within the type top 10, maybe in the top eight, something in that ballpark. I think he has plenty of options. I think in PPR, you should definitely target him if all of a, a good handful of those top tier tight ends have been taken already, surely because of the receptions that he's going to get. I think that he will lead this team in receptions purely based off how Jared Goff targets tight ends and the fact that everybody else in that <laughs> offense really hasn't uh, played all too much or too well. So I would target him. I would definitely, uh, if you get your hands on him in a draft, I would start him. Like I said, if those top tier um, uh, tight ends are gone, like the Kelsey's, the Wallers, and uh, those guys are gone, then sure definitely pick him up uh in my mind and he's definitely worth a starting spot what do you think about that partner yeah i'm right there with you man he was the number five tight end last year i think he'll fall into that range again i mentioned it uh the last few tight ends we've talked about there's that cream of the crop top three four that we see every single year and then the last couple of years there's been a massive drop off into that like five to ten range and you know hawkinson found himself there I don't think he gets into that top three cream of the cop crop range, but I do think he gets into that like actual bridge the gap range there. And you see him as a pretty valuable fourth or fifth tight end in the fantasy points here this year. So I'll definitely start him. I, I'm not going to overdraft him amongst those, you know, guys that we're talking about here, Kittle, Waller, Kelsey. But I'll definitely take him ahead of the you know, the next cream of the crop there, next not cream, next uh, tier there, uh, Bob Tanya and Logan Thomas, those guys. I'll definitely take him ahead of those guys for sure this year. Absolutely, I'm glad that's how you wrap that up because that's yeah. kind of where I envision him falling, and definitely on the high end of that of yeah. that tier of players. Yep. So there you go, there you have it. Uh, and then as far as kickers go, looks like going to be a little bit of a competition here in Detroit. They brought in Zane Gonzalez from Arizona, and they also have Randy Bullock. So we'll see who gets the opening start who gets cut who doesn't i don't know but uh if it is zane gonzalez i definitely say worth a uh add to your fantasy lineup i think this team is going to be kicking a lot of field goals okay. i think that uh they will be able to get past the 50 but after that it's going to really stall it's really going to bow up and uh 
I think they're going to kick a lot of field goals this year. So Zane Gonzalez, in my mind, worth a look. Not worth a uh, draft spot. Not worth a, when you can find somebody else, a receiver, running back, uh, maybe a little sleeper pick there somewhere or the other. But, uh, yeah, definitely if you need a kicker, all the other ones are gone. Take a little peep ski at Zane Gonzalez if he does get the official uh, starting role in Detroit. Okay. I'm passing altogether on this one. You did say they might be a team that's kicking a lot of field goals. I'm worried that these guys are going to be very consistent this year or not. But, uh, yeah, I'll pass on these kickers altogether. I'm going to target a team that I feel a little bit better about their offense as far as scoring points and maybe, you know, good enough to get into the red zone consistently, but maybe not punch it in the red zone. That's kind of where I target my kickers. All right. Well, there you go. We're kind of in different uh, ballparks bit. there, just a little bit. But yeah, I wouldn't say run uh, in your drafts to get. No, and I know you weren't saying but, that. But yeah, definitely uh, in my mind, worth maybe just a little bit of a look. But uh, there you go. There you have it. One more positional grouping: the defense. Passing all together. I don't need. Uh, I don't need any part of this defense to trying to hinge my success of a fantasy season on the Detroit Lions. They do have some guys that I like, uh, that I enjoy as football players, as human beings in general, but. Uh just not high on them overall as a unit. What about you, partner? Yeah, right there with you. We don't have to spend too much time on them. They were dead last in fantasy points last year. Would not surprise me if they're once again right there, if not bottom three. So, yeah, no part of it. I don't think there's any single spot that I'll be interested in them either. All right. Well, there we go. There we have it. Officially for Start, Stash, or Pass, all of our best fantasy advice for the Detroit Lions. Well, my friends... That officially does it. The entire Detroit Lions season preview. Everything from a lineup to coaching staff perspective all the way to a fantasy embedding perspective. We covered it. If you missed any of it, just hit that rewind button. Go on back. Check it on out. It'll be there all the way to and through the start of the NFL season. We can't thank you enough for joining us on the 11th installment of the NFL Special Editions, and I uh, hope you keep coming on by all the way through the start on September 9th, the first Thursday night football game, Tampa Bay Bucks, Dallas Cowboys. It goes down live in prime time, baby. We're counting down the days so much that we even have a countdown timer on our website homepage you can check it there every single day you know when the nfl season will officially begin so that officially does it everything on that end of the spectrum let's quickly take a look through a few things but before we do partner anything burning on the brain melting on the heart festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode 100 of the talking the line podcast on this beautiful august 11th 2021 you know, my man, I feel absolutely disgusting right now. This was a horrible idea. This did not go well for me. I feel disgusting. And uh, these Lions fans, uh, you know, I feel bad for you if you stuck around hoping we were going to say nice things about your Lions. Because that wasn't going to happen. And, uh, you know, I feel even worse about what I'm about to say because I said I wasn't going to do it. Ooh. Said I wasn't going to do it. But uh, I've got some spite in me now after Yikes. eating some of these donuts here. It's a glorious day in NFL history. Taking my unbiased hat off, popping my extremely biased hat back on. The Green Bay Packers were found on, founded on this day in 1919. The great Curly Lambeau, the Indiana. Oh man, I love I love my Packers boys. I love yeah. my Pac. You I can't see, even he talk, can't even dude. talk can't straight. Even talk. That's how much he loves his Packers. But it's you heard it here first, me, everybody. On this day in the year 1919, 1919, the Green Bay Packers were 
found it. So there you go. There you have it. I can't it. even talk. Yep. I understand. I understand, my friend. Thank you for your sidebar, Max. We You're appreciate welcome. it. Do you? No, not really at all. <laughs> not really at all. But I know maybe somebody out there watching years, does baby. enjoy it. All right. Couple quick recaps here, my friends. That is officially before, you know, I'm still going to give you my motivation minutes. I still got that to dish out to you guys here. But uh, a couple of key things we'll talk about before we uh, put the cherry on it with the uh, motivation minutes. Send you guys about your way. Well, obviously, the Dozen Donut Showdown did not go how we had anticipated it, huh? I feel right now how I anticipated to feel after finishing the Dozen, and I only did like four and a half, dude. I feel so disgusting. Really? I couldn't. I, I wanted it so bad. I could not go. I couldn't finish the donut I had. See, I went to I went to two and a half, and like I my stomach. It wasn't my stomach. Like I'm not full at I all. I am just top to bottom disgusting. It just um I. You know, I, I don't know. It was just that feel. I could feel it back here. You know that feeling right back in here before you're just about to let her on go. That's the feeling I kept getting as I was talking to you guys. And I was getting sweaty. And I was just like, man, I really don't want this to happen. So at some point in time, we will, uh, or I will, try and revisit this dozen Yeah, it's challenge. a standalone challenge. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not a morning eater. We were talking about that either. We're not big morning eaters. So For maybe sure. that was a mistake here. I don't know, man. But yeah, that... donuts are thick, dude. Ooh. They're so thick. Yeah, I typically don't eat till uh, like 1 2 o'clock, 2.30 sometimes. Like, so, yeah, trying to do that was a little crazy. So we might have to do a little standalone challenge. Uh. Not might. I want to conquer that, but we gotta, we gotta talk about that because trying to do a show at the same time is that was uh, brutal. It was damn near impossible. But I told you because I didn't finish it. You know, man, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do that. So what we'll do? I'll chip in. Fuck it, I'll chip in an extra fifty bucks. I, I, I feel like the competitor I am. I needed it's to fair. get that done. It's fair. And, you know, I, I hyped this up and I got wild about it. And that's what I'll do. So we'll drop out a uh, $75 Amazon gift card. Sounds beautiful. Chip it on in there. And, uh, yeah. Still got a couple of days for it. Yeah. Gift still card. got a couple of days, plenty of time. But, hey, it just got a lot sweeter because we couldn't <laughs> get through Get through the old, uh, the old wonderful, amazing, enjoyable. Shout out Spunky. <laughs> dozen donuts. But uh, Spunky shout dunkers. out Spunky Dunkers. Never going back again. Uh, yeah. All right. You're good. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. That's episode 100. <laughs> episode 100. Yikes, McGikes. Yeah. I, uh, I, feel, uh, I feel ashamed feel uh disgusting bloated everything whatever word you want to use everything in between okay well one more time for the for the last time on episode number 100 so you guys can see it you guys can all know about it you guys are gonna get to see the old stack one more time colt's agenda stack a little asmr for your Wednesday morning as well, huh? What do you think about that? Got some good guesses in there. Not too bad. Got a few guesses already rolling in. There you go, my friends. It's got a got a nice little bit of weight to it. It definitely folds over when you hold it, so you know it's not no no light stack there. It it'll bend right on over. I gotta keep her tight or else she falls. 
Nice there. little flop. So there you go. There you go. Nice little stack. Colts Agenda Stack giveaway. The contest will remain open until Friday's show is complete. Put your guesses accompanied by your Twitter handle in the comment section of episode number 100. All right, my friends. There we go. There we have it. Now you are completely up to date on everything going on. Let me put a cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday. <laughs> Tony, I, I, if you Ooh. mention anything related to sugar, it might be the end for me. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty oh. rough. I apologize. Oh. I apologize. <laughs> that hurt. That I hurt. apologize. <laughs> so, all that being said, all that being said here, a uh, couple of uh, dates. If you didn't catch them yesterday, just to remind you guys about the 19th of August is going to be the Raiders and Chargers together. The 27th of August is going to be the Giants and Jets. Then we will skip the NFL Special Edition on the 3rd of September. We will shift gears into the college football world. We'll have a full college football Special Edition there. Then on September the 8th, that will be the last NFL Special Edition, wrapping these Special Editions up with the Washington football team. And then 9-9, first official NFL game of the season, Thursday night game that I just told you guys about. That will be back to business as usual. We'll be betting on MLB. We'll be betting on college football. We'll be betting on NFL, last but not least, obviously. And we'll be uh, right back chugging along to the TTL pod that you uh, have come to know and love. So I know it's been a little bit uh, off-kilter, wild, all everything in between with the NFL Special Editions, but we can't thank you guys enough for uh, continuing to stop by. Lots of other content and stuff in the works, so make sure you keep stopping by, get the latest updates. But if you can't stop by anything like that, hey, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at the bare minimum, at Talking the Line. That way you uh, always stay up to date. We always put everything out on there as well. Or if you don't have any of that action, just go to TalkingTheLine.com and you'll find all of our content, platforms, videos, this, that, the third, everything is on there. You guys cannot miss it, so make sure you check it out there. But let's wrap this show up here today, my friends. Last but certainly not least, the only way I know how, with my Motivation Minutes. Now, it's kind of funny that this uh, this is my message of the day. It actually uh, wasn't intended to be this way, but I'll definitely now have some uh, additional talking points as I, uh, as I talk about here today. But my Motivation Minutes for today... I wanted to talk about you to you guys about stepping out of your comfort zone. And obviously, stepping out of my comfort zone was trying to tackle 12 dozen donuts uh, while doing a show. And, you know, obviously, we didn't we didn't get that done. And obviously, we wanted to challenge ourselves. Obviously, we wanted to have fun doing it at the same time. We knew we probably would be miserable, but just not definitely bit off more than we could chew while trying to also have a full daily show now that all being said we still did it we gave it a shot we still did it we knew i was really nervous before we started this i can't i can't even tell you how nervous i was and i ended up not being able to but the thing is is that we'll still figure something out we already told you we'll kick ah, we'll kick up the gift card we'll do this we'll do that you can always figure stuff out in your life Bringing that all full circle, kind of looking at the show in general and kind of applying that to your life, step out of your comfort zone today. Dare to do something great. If you want to achieve great things, 
you have to risk trying to do great things. And just living a regular old mundane, monotonous daily life isn't doing great things. And it's never going to get you to those high peaks of those mountains of success that you've been trying to strive for. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and wondering why you're not getting results, it's because that's the definition of insanity. It's time to step out of your comfort zone. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable and try some new stuff. Challenge yourself. See if you can do it. And if you can't, that's okay. Try again. Figure it out. I guarantee at some point in time, I'm going to try that again. Now, that's very baseline. That's very low level, obviously, but it's an example nonetheless. Anything you want, you can apply that mindset in your life. Just go after it. Just go get it. Don't let anyone or anything stand in your way. And if you don't remember anything, just remember that simple phrase I just told you. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Start doing things that challenge you to become a better version of yourself. Step out of your comfort zone and watch so many great things fall into your lap. That does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff, my man. My brain, uh, you talked my brain into trying to fucking power through this and finish these donuts, and my stomach said, no, dude, no, 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 no. Don't listen to the brain. Listen to me over here. But, uh, yeah, you nailed it, man. You got to step out of your comfort zone, and, you know, you use today as an example, but it is an example for bigger things, and it's a, it really is a good example, honestly. It definitely is. It's in as small as scale as that is. We gave it a fucking shot. We gave it a shot, and my eyes are kind of starting to cross, if I do tell you, with all the sugar intake. <laughs> And I only went through two and a half, so oh, I don't know how you're even half, sitting dude. up there, uh, my friend. So with all that being said, that does it for Colts Motivation Minutes. All right, let's wrap this show up officially, my friends. Mags is ready to get on the hell out of here and lay down for a little while while he does some afternoon work because uh, it is not looking good for the crew here. I can't imagine if I would have got through 12. This is like what I was – I was like – this is what I anticipated I was going to feel like after 12. And I only did four and a half, and this is what I feel like. Doggone. That's rough. Joey Chestnut, the world record is like 55 glazed donuts in eight minutes. How? How, Joey? How? I want to know. I'm done talking shit about I can do challenges because they're just not. There's a reason they're challenges. Cause well, they're hey, not, we, ain't more, we ain't morning eaters, dude. We ain't morning yeah, eaters. Yeah, that's that's it. Give me a five o'clock, uh, you know, a couple other things in me, and we'll, you know, we'll be ready to rock, right? Yeah. I think so. I don't know. What I do know is that we ain't ever going to try that again on a live show. I don't know if show. I want to do donuts again. I'll try not some on a live show. Not, uh... I, I might say that is just so much sugar overload. That shit is fucking ridiculous. Ugh. I failed. I have donuts for the rest of this week and into next week now. Merry fucking Kwanzaa to everyone in between. Yeah, um, my, girl, my girlfriend was like, oh, that means I get donuts? And I was like, well, I mean, the plan is to eat all of eat them. Eat all of so them, but not really. No, now you have them. Now you she has the plenty. Um, that all being said, my friends, nothing else from me, you know where to go. If you're looking for additional TTL crew content or our social platforms, hit that link tree in this episode's description, or just head on over to talkingtheline.com. Check everything out. We got going on over there. Nothing else from me. I gave it all to you here today. I wish I could have gave you a full donut eating, but, uh, I'll give it back to you guys here later. Once we select a winner, all that being said, my friend, anything else you got? No, sir. 
All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Detroit Lions fans, fans of the NFL Shield, everybody in between, far and wide. From me and Max, thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with me and my partner on episode number 100. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate you stopping by today and every other episode and helping us get to this point. Here's to 100 more to go, more running to the window, more ticket cashing on the horizon, more networking, more opportunities, everything in between. We cannot wait to see what the next 100 episodes of the TTL pod might bring and how different we look by then. Make sure you check out our best bets of the day, TalkingLine.com or on the Action app, and we will see you at the pay window tonight. And as always, let's cash some tickets.